And welcome, everybody, to The Whole Truth from the Bay Area, California. I am Steve Side. And from Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Kurt Dupuy. Side, um, you might be able to tell a particular timber in my voice right now because I am elated to get us started today. You look excited. Yeah, I am. I am. So so most people might have put together by now, um, you might as well, that I grew up in South Louisiana. Uh, very, very proud of that. Um, you had a materially different type of upbringing, growing up on the East Coast, now living on the West Coast. Um, so I thought, you know, given the, the, the cultural wasteland that you are unfortunately not able to experience by living in the South... I thought I'd I'd educate you a little bit on, on a segment that I think I'm going to call Teaching Side Cajun. Wow. Okay. I'm into this. Let's do you it. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, it, it, the exercise goes like this. I'm going to say a word. You have to try to spell it oh, and then try here. to use it in a sentence. <laughs> you know what, Kurt? I'm going to... I'm bad at spelling. I think everyone's bad at spelling now. Let me ask you this though: I, I, Is everyone bad at spelling because we all rely on uh, spell correct and our emails? Yes, absolutely. And, so I just want—I studied like, English my, in college, and I still feel like I have to default back to spell check every now and again. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I've kind of like my fifth grade self could be better at spelling than where I am now. But let's try this anyways. I'm well, open to so it. So first, let me establish kind of a, a a base of knowledge. So when you think of like South Louisiana, you know, one of the first things many people think about is the food so have you ever had any food from south louisiana new orleans is yeah it's the only well i've been to louisiana one other time when i was really young but since then the only other time i've been there was to new orleans and yeah the food is just uh that's i love that city by the way let me just say that i don't think i've had a bad meal in new orleans i really don't think yeah I i don't i'm not sure they exist um okay well so we'll we'll start easy okay what are the crustacean, bottom-dwelling river creatures that are commonly eaten in dishes in South Louisiana? Crawfish, I think. Crawfish. Very good. See, that's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, you know how to spell that, so I'm not going to test you on that. Um, so <clears throat> let's get a little bit more complicated. Still in the food theme, though. Okay. Spell it and maybe use it in a sentence. Okay. Roux. Oh, God. I don't even know what that is. I'm going to say R-U-I. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I had some funky vowels in there. I give That's A for effort. R-O-U-X. Roux is the base of any kind of stew, a gumbo, um, a sauce piquant. It's it's basically, it's, it's a Cajun gravy kind of mix. Half flour, half fat. So you mix them together. You stir them together for a long time. Like my mom has always called it a three-beer roux. If you haven't had three beers while you're sitting there stirring, it's not a real roux. Uh, that's, it's the base <laughs> of right? most South Louisiana cuisine. Yeah. And it, that's on a lot of different dishes, right? A lot because of dishes. Yeah. I, as I was thinking about, you asked me about, you know, best meals. I had some kind of breakfast that had this gravy on top of it, you know, it was mm. an egg dish, but it had some kind of gravy on it. I, yeah. I, I guess that's, that's the basis for much of, of the food down there. Yeah. Roux is a big deal in, in French and South Louisiana cuisine, I believe. Okay, good. I'm getting educated. This okay. is good. Let's keep rolling. Okay. Um, boudin. Oh, God. This heavy, heavy food <laughs> I, theme on these words. Can I Can I ask if there's an X in the word? No X. No X no in this X. one. Wow. I don't even know. Say that word again. Boudin. 
I mean, I don't even know. B-U-D-A-H? B-O-U-D-I-N. Oh, wow. Now, if you've never had this, let me let me just do you a favor. I spelled Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is, it's like a dirty rice, which is rice, some meat, spices, wrapped in a casing, right? Like like a sausage, but it's it's rice inside, not like a pure fat and meat that you'd find in sausage. But I love this one because um, a really good buddy from Pittsburgh who now lives in Houston, so he gets exposed to this stuff a lot more, for the life of him, cannot say the word boudin. It's, it, he thinks that every other concoction, every other way to say it, but he cannot say the word boudin. I think I'm with him. I, I I can't even don't really know what it is that the sounds that are coming out of your mouth right now. So I'm kind of with him. I'll quit torturing you, and maybe I just we'll just drip in a little bit more South Louisiana education for you. Uh, I love it. In the and future. I got to tell you, clearly it's an area that I need improvement because I'm not sure I got anything even remotely right in this whole thing. So say 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 boudin for me. Boudin. There you go. Is that yeah. right? But and I don't know like the hard. tail end. I just kind of trailed off. I don't know what the sound is at the When the in doubt, trail off. That works. I just trailed off. Like really, <laughs> that's how I sounded reasonable there. Well, that's great. Thank you, Kurt. We're a little bit more educated on, on the South. We'll continue doing that. We're going to transition to a conversation with our internals, which we are excited to introduce oh, yeah. you to. Um, it's going to be a fun segment. These are great guys. We wouldn't have them on if we didn't wholeheartedly believe in them and their talent. And we're going to continue down our path of client service. And we asked them to come up with 10 client touch ideas. So we're going to grade them on how good those ideas are. You ready the for that, great part about The great part about this is we gave them the chance to roast us you know, because they sort of see the, like the good, bad, and ugly of everything that externals do. Yeah. And it, I think we ended up just kind of roasting them <laughs> because yeah. they started off strong and tapered off at the end. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be great. So as always, you can reach out to us at the whole truth at touchstonefunds.com. Check out the website for old episodes at touchstoneinvestments.com slash the whole truth. We'll be right back with our internals. The views expressed herein are those of the participants and not those of Touchstone Investments. And welcome back to The Whole Truth. Well, we got a really fun one for us today. Uh, this this might be titled like How to Roast a Wholesaler. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see which direction it goes. Steve and I have both invited our internal partners. They're going to talk about what uh, their life looks like on the desk uh, we're going to throw some oddball questions at them, see if we can fluster them a little bit because it's what we do on our day-to-day jobs. And um, most importantly, we're going to talk about client service ideas. So touch points that are not simply reactive, but ways to really elevate your game with clients to really ingratiate yourself more with those clients. So they've each brought a few ideas. We're going to talk about those, rate them. What are, what are we going to do, Side? Are we going uh, to do like the up or down or are we going to do uh, like diving scores? I think, I think we'll do up, down or sideways. So up meaning, wow, that's really cool. The financial professionals that are listening to this should think about it for their service model. Down being, go back to the drawing board. What are you doing? What are you doing? And sideway means, eh, you know, eh, you know, not terrible. I'm not going to tell you that you did a horrible job, but like, I'm just, what do you, it's eh, you know? 
But, you know, listen, you got to, this is about service matrix where you're thinking about what are the types of client contact that you're going to do with your tiers of clients. And, you know, these two gentlemen, we said, hey, go run off, go research some stuff, come up with some ideas that, that you know, the community could, uh, should consider. Is that fair? Seems fair. Works for me. So, so let's intro them. So the monolith known as Chris Fangman, my partner in crime, we've worked together for over three years. We took the dead last territory to first last year, uh, and he has won internal of the year. I don't know how many years in a row now. He's a force to be reckoned with. And the only bad thing about him is he's a Notre Dame fan, Mr. Fangman. (laughs) So Chris, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so um, recently just, just just got married about a little bit over a year ago. I've uh, been working in financial services pretty much my Starts entire life. Starts with marriage. Yeah, yeah, loving marriage. She's, right She's going to be listening. Oh, at some point she will, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, but, you know, been in financial services my entire life, working for, you know, a large investment manager first, and then uh, coming to uh, Western Southern and Touchstone. So coming up a little bit over 10 years now, uh, you know, Working with Kurt, really, for, you know, coming on four years now. I mean, I would say every day, he I probably talk to him, if not the same, maybe even more, more than my wife. So uh, we're definitely re- really close. Definitely enjoy working together. Super odd, yet completely normal in this relationship. Who drives that communication? Is it Kurt calling you all day long, or is it you calling him, or what's the ratio? Uh, I'd, I'd say for us, it's, it's pretty even. You know, we try to talk at least, you know, in the morning for a while, and then usually in the afternoon. Yeah, one of his signature yeah. marks was like the 8 a.m. on the button call. Like, hey, I'm in the office. Let's let's get after it. Let's go every single day. Yeah. I'm working. Yeah. You need to be as yeah, well. That's good. You, I like that. That's pretty. That's pretty good. So let me let me talk about my man Jason Zawalik. So I, I'll I'll give you a, a background. Um, I've I've worked with a bunch of different internals, and they all end up getting promoted just because you know um, I don't know. You guys can do the Ooh, humble brag. But, uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was searching for an internal um, search and meaning, you know, interviewing different ones within the firm and outside. And for whatever reason, we just had to hire a bunch of internals. And uh, I, I talked to a few of them. And the moment that I talked to Jason, I said, this is the dude. Love it first sight, huh? This is the guy. Um, and he's come on and just, you know, he's, he's crushed it. But uh, with that intro, Jason, uh, intro yourself. Yeah, so I started about almost two years ago now working with Steve at Touchstone. Um, I'm also married, so shout out to the wife. And uh, I have like a 15-month-old son that's been keeping us busy during quarantine. But, um, you know, I've enjoyed my time at Touchstone. I've enjoyed working with Fangman and everybody, and I'm excited to be in the pod today. You know, Kurt, that's like, that's two more shout outs to the wife than I think you or I have <laughs> given. Ever given. <laughs> yeah. We're smart. They're, are they better than us? Is that <laughs> is that what's happening with this? Luckily, my wife is not a listener, so I think I'll be okay. Your wife hasn't listened to the show? Uh, maybe once. I would hope she's a subscriber, though, right? She at least hits a follow, right? On the podcast? No, we don't, no, we, we don't fudge the numbers on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Becky listens, but she just doesn't understand a lot of it, but she still gives it a listen uh, from time to time. She loves Costanza Corner. Actually, that's a, that's a good transition point. Have you guys, do you, are you guys regular listeners? And don't lie, because we'll quiz you. I have listened. I, I usually try to listen to some in the morning uh, while I'm doing uh, emails or whatever since we are on the West Coast. Do you hear this answer? This is the most hedged answer I've ever seen. Are you a listener or not, Jason? Answer the question. Absolutely. I'm also a subscriber on my podcast app. Fangman, Truth Corner. 
Same thing. I listen. I'm a subscriber. I will say I haven't listened to every single one religiously. When did you first gain an understanding that we were doing a podcast? And what was your honest feeling and thought when you heard it? Honestly, at first, I was like, okay, this is cool, but can we use this time to just reach out to advisors more <laughs> in some mutual funds? <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. So you thought this was just a gigantic, potentially waste of time. I mean, has, has it affected a sale yet? We'll see. We'll see. Oh, it definitely has. It definitely has. But it's it's about more than that. I think Kurt needs to educate you, man. What are you doing with this guy? I was going to say, it sounds like my grandpa talking about podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jason? When did, I think I gave you, I don't want to speak for you. You tell yeah. me when we first, I think we listened to a very rough version early mm -hmm. on. Yeah. It was that the first time you heard about it. So I, same thing. I, I saw some calendar things on your calendar where it seemed like you were doing something, but then I was educated on it by, by Steve at Steve's internal. You're educated on a lot of things. And uh, this one I was educated <laughs> on. Um, actually, on our way to Bloomington, we went to a basketball game in IU, and we listened to the very ah, first Hoosiers. Whole Truth podcast before it came out. That was before we had uh, support on the back end, Kurt. You remember that first? Oh, that was the first one that we did. Or we, oh yeah, that we did. Ooh. Yeah, where we were just trying to figure it out, and the audio volume was all over the place, and we didn't, you know, I was snipping music out of everywhere. and Yeah, it was all it was all you. Your volume was plenty high. Mine was the soft one. You were trying to mute me out even back then. <laughs> uh, that was true. That was the one where, like, I was super loud, and we could barely hear you at all. Yeah, very <laughs> subliminal there, side. Yeah, I'm sure that was my fault. No, that was hard figuring out all that technology. But, uh, well, thanks for, thanks for coming on, gentlemen. I, I just want to open with setting the scene because I don't know how many financial professionals actually know what a, the day to day of an internal sales person looks like. You know, they they probably get calls and emails from internals. They may or may not take them or receive them. But I wonder if you could give not only a sense of what the job entails, but like what's the culture and the camaraderie like on an internal sales desk. Well, I could speak. The culture and camaraderie is great, especially on our desk. I think a lot of it is just trying to stay organized. Because there's always two competing uh, versions of what you're supposed to be doing. With on the desk, you have certain metrics you have to hit, calls you have to make, emails you have to send. But then also, your main client is the external partner that you worked with. So you really have to do what they're asking you to do to help drive uh, sales or, or you know continue to grow the territory. So it's always trying to find the right balance between both those things to to help maximize you know our efficiency as well as yours. Yeah, and I, I would just pretty much echo that. I mean, I think a big thing that we kind of struggle with or something that uh, we need to take, you know, usually work through is what's the difference between activity versus productivity? Uh, and, and you got to find a really good uh, balance between that because, you know, the firm's going to want us to, you know, to make sure their updates are being sent, things are being done, which is really, really important from a top down level. But you also got to make sure that, you know, you're, Tripping on, you know, you're either, you know, prospective clients or you're a current asset holders, the right type of information, the right type of messaging. Yeah. And having two bosses is is never easy or, or you know, serving two masters um, is, is not easy. But, you know, I, at least for Fangman's side, he is the eternal optimist, never complains about it. But <laughs> it is a delicate balancing act, uh, I'm, I'm sure. And side, were, side, were you ever an internal? No, no. I came from... Uh... The product, the investment side of our house. So I never was. We're closely with her. I, you know, when I was in my old role, I had 
training responsibilities. So I did a lot of interaction with the sales desk. So I kind of know what it's about, but no, I've never had to do that job, but have um, ultimate respect for the folks that do it for sure. Although I, I can't, you know, you say, you know, Fangman never complains. I, I you know, I don't know. Do you, you give him the opportunity to complain? If he, if Jason just complained, I'd probably just hang up on him. You know, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's how we're going to keep it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You make the point about, you know, being optimistic and positivity. This dude, like, he's one of these guys that like, will just keep, you know, even if he gets pushed back down, he'll just get up and do it again. Like the, the resilient, like they're much more resilient than we are as externals. There's just no doubt about it. And, um, it's, it's admirable. It really is. It is. You know, I believe that. And I know that to be a hundred percent true. Fangman, I know you worked with several different externals. Uh, we've been working together for a while, but I'm curious what horror stories you guys have working with yahoos like us and include us in these stories <laughs> by name we, or if, not. It's it. your call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would just say the biggest, um, I guess, Point of con- not not even point of contention, but just oh, look, he's a, mincing a frust- his words already. A, a frustrating <laughs> part can usually be on like the technology side. Usually, I've worked with a couple different people where it's like, come on, man, like, like what do you mean, like you don't, it's not working? Like you, I gave you the exact step steps to do. It should be working. I feel like with Fangman, we gotta we gotta hook him up to a lie detector test on this thing. <laughs> he's a politician because he's hedging so much that I don't, you know. <laughs> Jason, I'm curious from your perspective, you, you know, and you worked in the annuity side for a long time, which is a whole other thing. I've worked with some great people. I think sometimes the biggest challenge or thing that can be frustrating is just a lack of communication because you are getting pulled in a lot of different directions. So that constant communication is very important. If you don't have it, um, you can kind of lose your way a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. What's one of some annoying things that I do that you don't like that you want to tell our whole audience about? Uh, you know, I value our relationship and my job, so I'm not going to say anything too annoying. Oh, you wusses. <laughs> Come on. Come you know, on. it's it's nothing that's annoying, but people that work with you know you're very focused on process and preparation. So much more hands-on than maybe some people are, which is not a bad thing. I think it, it's worked great for us. So that's, I'm not, not to say annoying, it's just I think you've been different that way than some of the other people I've worked with in the past. Who have just said like, you know, hey, just do this and tell me about the outcome. Is that is that what you mean? There can be a lot of people that would just turn you loose, um, which sometimes is just because of yeah. that lack of communication. There's really no clear cut plan on how are we working together to achieve our goals. It's really just you go do that. I'll go do this and we'll see if it shows up in the sales report. So last question before we get into the the ideas around client service and touch points. You guys have all called on, worked with different areas of the country. Do you find it to be, you know, very different in different areas of the country or is it all ultimately the same? Jason, you could kind of lead the way here. Very different. I've I've had territories in the South. I've had New York, New Jersey, Um, you know, people in the South, very talkative, uh, much nicer, I would say, most times. And and they'll talk to you a little bit longer. Uh, if you call people in New York, New Jersey, you hear a lot of people say, talk fast, which is fortunately something that I'm good at, but um, it's very more direct in that area of the country. How do you find San Francisco? San Francisco is definitely very different. It's I want to say it's more closed off than most. Uh, I think people are harder to get a hold of, but you know it, that was I would say is more general. It's nothing that really stands out one way or the other. Well, in the West, the time change 
hurts too. Absolutely. Starting at 1130, it's time to start making some calls because you only have so many hours in the day. Morning, he's just getting over his hangover anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) After a market update. So Um, (laughs) it actually works out well for him. You know, know, there's pros and cons. All right. So should we transition, Kurt, and get some client service ideas? Yeah, let's jump in. Let's see what the boys Uh, brought for us today. Perfect. You guys are going to share an idea and Kurt and I are going to kind of aggressively judge it. Is that that's okay with you guys? That's pretty good about that. Yeah, I'm excited. So, are you going to be Simon Cowell, or am I in Simon Cowell? Who, who's am I a good cop and you're uh, bad cop, or how are we doing this? Can we both be bad cops, or in. I'm you want to just do it that way? Done. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, uh, Fangman, why don't you go first? We'll let you lead. A, have you lead the way on this? Yeah, sure thing. So, for your uh, A clients, when they come in for one of their you know quarterly investment reviews with you, when they uh, park, have have your buildings. Um, car wash you know take their car detail it up really nice form for those for those type of premier clients i like that is it almost like an opt-in or how do you think about that it would definitely have to be a smaller group of clients but yeah you would just opt them in uh, to it and you know you would you would let the um i mean like for instance in our air in our uh, garage there's a there's like certain spots that you can park into which are car wash spots so you would just have them Park in those spots while you're having your investment, you know, meeting with them and, you know, catch up or get lunch with them. When they come back, their car is com- completely clean. Wait a minute. We have car wash spots in our parking garage? We do. <laughs> That's incredible. I didn't even know that. You don't, you didn't, you didn't know that? I have, got a I whole side of the garage that. that- that's where they let the good internals park on the other side with the car washes and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm down in the basement. I'm like, the- you got to park down the street. Yeah, that's Jason's spot. It's like right. So this is this is coming from a guy who is who might be a little obsessive about a clean car, but I'm I'm giving that a thumbs up for sure. I mean, I I subscribe to a service where I can do a car wash, you know, unlimited car washes a month, and I use it once or twice a week. So I I love a clean car. So I I, I think that's a nice little touch. It's probably costly, so you're right. That's not that's not for everybody, but that's a that's a nice little touch for premier clients. Yeah, if you can make that, I I think that's a thumbs up too. I concur. That's pretty good touch. You might get people coming in just to get their car washed, but uh, you know, create contact points. <laughs> you might have to limit it to once a quarter. Yeah, be like, <laughs> we just reviewed your portfolio like last on month. Tuesday. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but I went off roading, so it's time to review. All right. Um, Thumbs up. Good start. Good start out of the gate for you, Fangman. All right, Jason, let's go. What do you have, my friend? Uh, what about a podcast or a blog? You know, something, uh, keep it relatively short, but something that you could send out to your clients they can access on their own time, whether it's market updates or tips on you know, retirement planning or saving for retirement, whatever the topic is. So I'm going to give it a thumbs up. And I think the point about just figuring out now the same thing that we're doing here, other ways of communication that aren't just email and in person. That's the direction this industry has got to go. So I'm giving that a thumbs up. Really, it's just medium, right? It's it, the, the medium doesn't really matter. It's just it's passing knowledge to to that client. Um, so I think whatever medium you use to do that is good. And I, I, that's the kind of stuff that should be, especially in a supernova type model, that's the stuff that should be scheduled. I'm giving you a thumb sideways, though, because I don't think that ele- really elevates the human experience with clients. Let, let me let me challenge that a little bit, Kurt, because what I'm seeing a lot of teams do 
as as email communication, they'll they'll take whatever the firm puts out and they sort of blast that email out to all their clients. Very minimal effectiveness. Whereas I think if you do something a little bit more personal as opposed to an email blast, the chances are your clients will probably appreciate that more than the email. Well, so, so let me let me clarify. Are, are we talking about sending yeah. someone, you know, another like someone else's blog or someone else's podcast or an article written by someone else, or is the FA driving the content cre- creation here? FA would be driving that content creation. Oh, then 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 two thumbs up. My bad. I I, I misunderstood. So I have a, a client that that is getting into this as well. And he just talks about like market updates, how he doesn't mm-hmm. have to do this with a hundred clients. Now he makes a video, uh, sends it out. That's the market update for clients. Like th- you think about the multiplicitous uh, benefits of technology. That's a huge time saver for a quick three to five minute update. Yeah. That, I, I think there's real leverage there. Okay. Fangman, you're up. Okay. So every single client has a birthday, but you know, you can do for you know your lower level tier clients a call, which which of course is great. But what you can do for your higher tier clients is then either you or your CSA utilize like Uber Eats, Grubhub, and send them some type of like birthday uh, treat. Kurt and I actually did this with uh, a prospective client in uh, Nashville, and the guy wrote us an email back and said it was one of the nicest things anyone anyone's done uh, for him from a wholesale standpoint. I don't know how you argue against that one. That's a thumbs up too. I get happy when I get the card on my birthday, but stepping it up even more, that's a thumbs up, Fangman. You know, if you try to do this for, you know, every single person, it's going to be too much, but that's where the the fair but not equal kind of, st- kind of stands in. Yep. Kurt, what do you think? I'm a big bunt cake guy. <laughs> Is it good? I love, I love the bunt cake. I have, um, Fangman and I together, actually, in, in Arkansas, we, we, we've had a couple of big bunt cake runs. But, but who's not going to smile when, when you give them a bunt cake? There's almost value, too, if you send the same thing over and over again, though, because every year they're like, oh, my financial advisor sends me this. I love it every year. And that kind of sticks with them. There's two ways to go about it is have some variety. But if you have a place that just works and everyone loves, that's, you know, that makes some sense. OK, Jason, you're up. Uh, so I have client appreciation events, but things you can do that aren't in person since we are living in this COVID world. Um you know, you could do online yoga, online cooking classes, a virtual wine tasting. I, I think that's great. I, I I don't know how some of those go off. So um, like a, an online cooking class, for example, I think it's a great, mm-hmm. great idea. I'd be interested to see how that works in reality. But those are the, those are the things you have to think about right now to, to stay in mm-hmm. front of folks and to stay relevant. I give it a thumbs up, but I think um, I've been getting a little bit of feedback. Kurt, I wonder if you are as well that... People have been surprised maybe how much better the Zoom client events have been to the in-person. Um, they cost less. The clients don't have to travel. More people participate than they do in person. I mean, I know you're giving something up, but what do you think, Kurt, about that? I think virtual engagements are just here to stay. I mean, because I and I just say that because yeah. I've talked to so many non-tech advisors and financial professionals that that never adopted technology that that are now and you know you once that hamster gets out it never goes back in i think it's actually genies not hamsters but you mean what i know <laughs> um, we'll go with hamsters we'll go so with hamsters. yeah so so yeah and and because you can get critical mass at a cheaper price point i i think those are going to be part of everyone's world going forward to, to some extent 
I just think you got to learn from them a little bit, like learn what does and doesn't work over Zoom calls. How many Zoom calls have you guys been on where they do the Q&A at the end when there's 85 people on the call and they try to get a Q&A? Stop with the Q&A. Not mm-hmm. necessary, you know? And there's certain things that are just not going to do well over Zoom, but that's okay. Focus on things that do well with this type of medium. Um yeah, but that's a great idea, Jason. All thumbs up. Kurt, we're, I think even if we like some of these at the end, we're going to have to give some <laughs> thumbs down because you can't just give everything. Got to be very critical. All right, Fangman, go up. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, thumbs down, but go ahead. Okay. Go <laughs> so this would be something for for only your, let's call it your, your top 10% of your client base because of the associate costs in it, but it's a great way to really supernova your practice. Pause for a second. Sure. I noticed something about Fangman. Fangman lo- only likes the A clients and likes to spend a lot of money. Do you get that out of his, <laughs> out of his client ideas? He's like the, the D clients, forget it. Um, go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to interject. Fair, but not equal. A little bit. Sorry, fair. Yeah, fair, but not, but not equal. <laughs> yeah. he, he told you at the beginning. <laughs> so this would be one where, you know, as... An FA's client base, it's generally older. And what's something that's uh, going to happen to all of them? They're going to move. Well, when they move to their new house, what you could do is you could actually have a, an uh, artist commission just like a small portrait of their uh, old house where they were cre- able to create all those great memories, have them hang it in their new house. All their friends are coming over and they see, wow, you know, where'd you get that? You could be like, well, actually, my advisor was able to do this. Well, go ahead, side. You're already giving them thumbs down. I think it'd just be tough for you to give them a thumbs down on that one. Let me throw some questions out there. One, how much do you how much do you think that something like that runs? That's that's question one. Yeah, so there's varying amounts. I mean, you can do app based ones because I've looked into it already since I just sold my old Whoa. house and bought a new house. <laughs> so so you can do an app based one for about fifty dollars, which those that could be a great touch point for your season. He's coming at you with with research. It depends on how high you want to go. Yeah, there's clearly a price point where that where where anything would make sense, but to know that it's reachable for fifty bucks makes it pretty attainable. Yeah, and do you you know, let's say you're the a book that has a hundred and twenty five hundred and fifty households. Do you think each year you're gonna get probably at least a few moving? Is that the assumption? I just wonder how often does this you know, because the idea is filling out a service model with touch points that you can rely on. Can you rely on this? And is it something that fits in a service my, model? My agent here in Atlanta told me that in Atlanta, folks on average turn over their house just about every five years. I was surprised. <laughs> I, I mean, I, but I've also moved two times in five years. So I, I see how the, the, the numbers get there. Yeah. So you, you go first, Kurt, as I think this over in terms of where I want to score this. What, what's your grade? <laughs> Uh, I think it's a very creative idea. The uh, so sides sides question is relevant, but also if people are moving every five years, they may not also have that strong emotional attachment to the house. But I I don't know if it's a thing that you can do each and every year because like, like I said, the, the house I moved from two years ago, like I I've got some nostalgia. I brought one kid home there, but I brought a couple of kids home here, you know. So it means something differently. So what's your ultimate score? Um, It's an idea that I think people can use today and I like it. So I'm giving it a thumbs up. I'm going to give my first sideways. I love the idea. I think it's a good Sideways? Did you just come up with that? Sideways. He was determined. There was no way that thumb was going up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The only reason I, uh, I, I ding it is just because of the repeatability and how, you know, if I'm trying to figure out in a given year... I got to, I want to do, you know, 12 touch points with this client. 
how do you rely on something like this as being a consistent part of the model? I guess you could design it that you do it and that would if that happens, it replaces another one. But just um, with regards to the repeatability and the consistency, I'm going to give it a sideways. I don't disagree with anything that you said because of, because of the numbers. You're not going to have the opportunity to do this regularly. But mm. I think if you do, when you keep your ears open and yes, side, your heart, these are the kind of ideas that can get in there. And I think they be meaning, really meaningful engagements with clients. And that's, that's, I think, at the core of what we're trying to get to. You know what? I'm going to revise it. Ooh. I'm going thumbs up. I'll tell you why. Because of what you just said. Remember I talked in the, in the episode about actionable personal where you listen to these things and then you find ways to take action? Clearly move could be a part of that. So that could fulfill your act. So uh, you won me over, Fangman. Thumbs up. So now, so now, Jason, you're about to get my thumbs down. So go ahead. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> so you could host a like a weekly, monthly video chat, either to discuss market updates, uh, financial planning tips. Maybe you bring on other professionals like a CPA or a lawyer, and then you can encourage your clients to bring maybe friends or family. Maybe they know that they have a question they've been talking to them about uh, problems with a financial advisor, or they're interested in a lawyer you have on. For your weekly chat and that's a good way you could maybe bring on new people through this weekly monthly chat that you would have it would have to be done really well i'm, I'm i mean i'm already thinking of caveats so I, I think it'd have to be of high quality you'd have to really stay on top of who was attending because those types of things if you had the same people attending them over and over again which you, you tended to like people just want something to do sometimes it loses its efficacy so it had to be really well thought out. It could work though. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a curt way, a side a, a sideway, curt way, side thumbs situation. Oh, I like I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I think I'll give you a good idea, but you're gonna get the first uh sideway finger. Right? Oh, there it is. There you go. With authority. Yeah. All right, Fangman. So this one would be uh, you know, pretty pretty easy in the south. One thing that uh, people really care about, as well as in the Midwest, are their sports teams. You could, you know, give them, you know, one piece of memorabilia that's maybe signed, or you know, or just you know, like a T-shirt or like a polo of a college or professional team that they're big uh, fans of. Okay, this is my first sideways. This, Fangman, you're getting too fancy. This is this is. I've been to the LSU alumni events where they. They hawk this memorabilia that's signed. This junk's pricey. Uh, I, I think you'd really be, and even as an avid LSU fan, I think you'd really price price yourself out for this. So okay. I, I think it's a good idea, but implementing that, uh, I'm giving you the sideways thumb. Agree. And I take uh, personal offense to saying that the South and the Midwest are bigger sports fans than than uh, the Northeast or the, the West Coast. Probably. I was wondering if you're going to take exception to that. The Bay Area like their sports teams. They really do. Oh, have you ever seen people um, at an Oakland yeah. Raiders game? Or, pre, you know, yeah, R&P, they, Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Well, uh, but, like, well, they're leaving. So. <laughs> they, they gone. But yeah, those guys are nuts. Yeah, but like even even the Warriors for all those years when they weren't good, like those, are, those fan bases were good, you know, even during the bad years. And that's what he takes exception to. What was the idea again? <laughs> I forget the rest of the idea. A Steph Curry uh, signed jersey that he wore in game six in the 2018 <laughs> finals. That's that's what it was. But but having said that, Fangman, the same thing I feel about the sideways we gave to Jason. I think there's something definitely usable there in the, hey, you hear in the 
in the in the client conversation, you write those sports teams down because those are easy things to follow up on. You know, um, someone sends me, you know, a, a New Jersey Devils or an Indiana Hoosiers. I care about that stuff, so I think there's some real value there. But sign stuff. I mean, you could sign them yourself. Maybe you just fake it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Just have your assistant do it and just kind of feel like Jerry Rice. Okay, here you go. <laughs> well, something I've seen around here because the Georgia-Florida games always played on a neutral site. And so, you know, a lot of people in the Atlanta area are not flocking to Athens. They do like big um, like tailgating house parties for those events. And they use them as networking um, where, you know, you you get something that people do love, to your point, Fangman, sports, get a bunch of people together. Let the food and and the drink flow and and use it as a marketing event, just as a, as a social event. I, so I think that that's definitely in play. But the sign Steph Curry, uh, that's that's tougher. All right, Jason, you're up. Okay, so you can allow uh, clients to pick a complimentary book off of the New York Times bestseller list or something like that. Or if you do have some bookworm clients, maybe you send out like a quarterly book, everybody reads it, and then you start a little book club. Maybe have an in person meeting to talk about it. So here's how I know Jason doesn't listen to the podcast. Because in our initial episode, that is my idea that I gave out. So, big thumbs down, Jason. Ooh, that's because I already gave circle. that that's, idea. That's professional. That's bringing it back full circle on the podcast. These are great ideas. Although the book club is a little bit of a different uh, spin to it. But because I now know that he's not listening to our... Do you take offense to that, Kurt, that our internals are not listening to our show? Do, do, I just wanted to see if if my offense is justified. What Are you, are you offended? You know, oftentimes visionaries are not appreciated in their time. Sometimes it takes <laughs> years or decades later for, for other people to see the wisdom in that view. So, you know, I, I, I just think we're ahead of the curve. That's all. Yeah. What, 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 what's your score of that? Do you disagree with the thumbs down? Uh, considering he plagiarized one of your ideas. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give him <laughs> the double thumbs down. All right. Well, let's do one. You want to do one more piece from these guys, Kurt? Yeah, let's roll with one more. Okay. All right, Fangman, let's go. Okay, so this would also fall into that, you know, life event when they do have a child. You get them a piggy bank with their child's name on it. I mean, it can be one off of Etsy. I've looked them up. Twelve fifty at the lower end, where then you can go all the way up to, you know, like a Tiffany version of it, which would, you know, be very expensive. And again, it's one of those things where if you do spend up, people are going to be coming in into that uh, kid's room and they're going to see it and they're going to wonder where you got it from. Now, the only thing I'm going to give you points for there is how eloquently you explained it and also the fact that you brought up that it's in people's house and they will associate that with you when others are in their house. Because I don't think I made that point when I made that same exact a- example on a previous podcast. What is going on with the plagiarism here? What is happening <laughs> yeah. with this? I think we need to quiz them on the show. Like, they need to listen. I was No, we don't. Before, we know they don't listen. Now, they're, they're showing, they're showing their stripes right now. Yeah. So, so is this a repeat episode just with us on it? Is this, this is kind of a, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what was funny is I think you even said Tiffany's during that, didn't you? Didn't you bring up Tiffany? Like, it was almost word for word. Well, he got that idea off this great podcast he listens to. He just forgot which one it was. <laughs> it was this one. It was this one. <laughs> well, at least we know when we're looking at our numbers, uh, and they've been pretty good. We've been pretty happy with them that they're not just people in our home office listening, Kurt. I, yeah, I inflating the numbers, sure. at least. <laughs> I mean, this is like, yeah. 
this is like if your if if your mom didn't even listen to your podcast, which which I know Mrs. Side is a big, yeah. big fan, so I would never presume that. But like our own internal partners don't even listen to this thing, man. That's wow. Y'all cut me deep, See, Shrek. You cut me real deep. These were layups for thumbs up because they were your ideas. Now you're thumbs down in your own so ideas. We, is that yeah. what it is? We thought these were no brainers. Sloppy seconds. All right, Jason. Let's go out strong here. Come on. Let's leave on a high note. Leave on a high note. Okay, so one I have is to share non-financial tips. So uh, some examples they have is like recipes, or we talked about books, um, maybe an article about a favorite vacation destination. This would definitely be more customized to the individual client stuff that they're interested in. Maybe it's you share something once every six months or once every quarter, but something that doesn't have to do with their finances and financial planning. Uh, this, you know, that, that was like one I gave, but not exactly. So I'm not going to crush Google alerts, Google alert. <laughs> is this an individual or is this on the all client level? This would be individual. It'd be individual. So mm -hmm. you're listening. So walk me through that scenario, like a okay. legit hypothetical scenario. Uh, let's say for something like you, you could send you something about IU basketball or, you know, something about the New Jersey Devils, whatever it is, something that is off topic of financial planning to kind of share an article with you or like, hey, did you see this? Um, that's just off the top of my head. Like I said, the examples they gave were like, if you have somebody that cooks, you could send a recipe or somebody that's, you know, going on vacation to Italy, you send them something you looked up, um, you know, about Italy or maybe a place that you've been to, something they could check out. Just something that's definitely customized more to the individual client, not something you're going to blast out to the to the whole book. Is the they you're referring to when we talked about this, about setting up Google alerts on the things that your clients are interested in? Is that the they you're talking about? No, this is not a, nothing to do with Google alerts, even though that's a great idea. It's something that I learned on this podcast I was listening to, but I didn't want to <laughs> go word for word on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, definite thumbs down because that's another plagiarized item. But, <laughs> but they started with so much hope, too. <laughs> this was something that we talked about in the early podcast called that actionable personal, which is which we recommend that everyone do. Um, but yes, we have to give a thumbs down because we we've done this already. So, ah. you know, I think I think what's what's our conclusion here, Kurt, after we had three plagiarisms in a row or four, we got off to such a strong we, start, man, that uh, man, the real I really going to have to I find some of my virtual uh, client appreciation ideas. I went too many at one time. I should have gone one at a time. Boom, boom, boom. Let that be a lesson to you, yeah. Jason. <laughs> I learned it. I learned it today. Well, uh, I thought we were going to have trouble finding thumbs sideways and thumbs down, but um, you know, then uh, then we went to the plagiarism section of the recommendations, <laughs> which uh, made it made it really easy. Well, um, let's sum up. Let's figure out what we learned here. No, the truth is uh, we wanted to introduce you all to our internals. For those who don't know them, they are really, really great guys. You know, we, we can objectively say that these are some of the best internals that you will talk to. We are as comfortable with anyone in our audience interacting with them as we are, you know, to, to either Kurt or I. So wanted to bring them on, have a little bit of fun with them. Um Despite the plagiarism, they had some good ideas up front. And and the takeaway is always to think about, you know, your client service matrix and up the game consistently and define those contact points and create those processes. And, um, you know, we'll continue to share ideas like this. Kurt, anything from you? 
That's it. Uh, as always, you can reach out to us at touchstoneinvestments.com forward slash the whole truth um, or send us an email, the whole truth at touchstonefunds.com and share some of the ideas that you have or roast our internals for plagiarizing us. Yeah. Costanza Corner is coming up next. Stick with us. And welcome back, everyone. We are in our Costanza Corner. Kurt, I think you're leading the way. I am. So we're going to play off uh, that first segment of the show about Cajun words because um, th- through thinking of that, and, and by the way, that, that those were kind of cupcakes as it comes. So you're going to have to study up on your Cajun because we got some some fastballs heading your way next time. But it made me think a lot about my mama, which was my dad's mom growing up because she would make the best gumbo. She made like four dishes in the world, but they were all phenomenal. And so- and thinking about Costanza Corner, I, ra- I ran across this story about a 10-year-old kid who lives in Sicily who couldn't visit his 77-year-old grandmother in the UK just because there's no flights. They're kind of clamped down over there during COVID. And so it took him weeks to convince his dad, but he ended up convincing his dad to do the 1,700-mile hike and hike all the way to the UK just so the kid could hug his grandma. Wait, wait, ha- say that again. Where he, where was he coming from? Sicily. So how did he cross the oceans? He just got, you took I'm boats? sure he took a ferry or something, but yeah, but there, there wow. are no flights to take him from, from Sicily to the UK what? to visit his grandmother. So in this time where maybe everyone can't see their family like they'd, that, like they'd like to, this inspirational story of a 10 year old kid that just give, wanted to give his grandmother a hug, I found very uplifting. I love it. Let me ask you this. How are you not a million pounds from growing up eating Louisiana cooking? I feel like when I leave New Orleans, I am just 10 pounds heavier than I was before. Good I got jeans, there. man. It's just it's, good it's, jeans. So you guys know how to eat it and uh, <laughs> not gain weight. I, I dig it. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. You can find the whole truth and subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you took the time to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It helps others find the show. And for more episodes of The Whole Truth, go to www.touchstoneinvestments.com slash the whole truth. That's touchstoneinvestments.com slash the whole truth. All one word. Please note that this content was created as of the specific date indicated and reflects views as of that date. It will be kept solely for historical purposes and opinions may change without notice in reacting to shifting economic, market, business, and other conditions. Touchstone funds are distributed by Touchstone Securities Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer and member FINRA and SIPC.